this is Robert Mitchell at High Tide in the Dream Time. That was a little extra long intro, but you know, it was Led Zeppelin, so they deserved it. Today's uh, episode is going to be a big one. It's, uh, it's not something I've talked about before on this podcast because I've kind of hidden behind notions of psychedelics and meditation and dreaming and consciousness and quantum physics. And these are all ways of, you know, putting your hand on the elephant and uh, talking about the part of the elephant that you're feeling, but not saying that it's an elephant. Saying here is a leg and here's a trunk and here's a tail. And here's a leg, another leg, and here are the eyes. So today, I'm going to talk in a way I haven't spoken on the podcast, because today's podcast is going to be called God's Dream of You. And this is not a way that I often speak, but it is something that I've been thinking about a lot this past week. Um, I don't want to digress too much, but I will say that, you know, people often ask me what my belief system is, you know, my ultimate belief system. And, you know, is it some kind of monotheistic religious belief? Is it some pantheistic religious belief? Is it nature-based? You know, is it science-based? And I would say that for most of my adult life, the thing that has resonated with me the most deeply is this kind of mystical philosophy in Hinduism called Advaita Vedanta, which is really uh, what it's about is non-duality. And... I want to talk about non-duality a little bit because that's where God comes into the, into the discussion. And I think that if I explain it correctly and explain what I understand about non-duality, um, it's going to really mean something to you guys. Like it's going to be able to alter your experience in the most powerful of ways, because I know that I love mystical technologies. You know, I love meditating. I love um, yoga. You know, I'm a big uh, believer that psychedelics, if used consciously, can be really transformative to your state of consciousness. And I believe playing tennis can do that too if you're really focused or really anything that takes you out of your normal thinking mind. But what Advaita Vedanta believes, what non-duality believes, and there's non-duality in Buddhism and Hinduism and uh, mystical Islam. It's not something that is just in Hinduism. But basically what it means, there is this notion the, 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 the statement that it makes is that Atman is Brahman. And what that means is that each one of us 
at our core. Each one of us, beyond our thinking, our feeling, our sensations, and our memory, is the same pure consciousness that exists throughout the universe. And that there really is no difference between that and the created and uncreated universe. But what keeps you from noticing that is your mind constant thinking, constant regurgitating ideas, constantly reinforcing our notions of who we are and what we are and what we've been through and how we felt about it and what we're going to become and what we want to have happen and what we don't want to have happen and what uh, we think is going to alleviate our suffering and what we want to avoid to create more suffering and you know the things in life that, that, that we want to move towards and away from. Now, the, the lesson in Advaita is that if you still, that thinking mind that remembers sensations, that fantasizes, that um, conceptualizes, you are going to find that all that is underneath that is awareness. And for every person listening to this podcast, all you've ever had was awareness. That's all that's ever been in any situation that you've been in. Whether you've liked it or been traumatized by it or been made feel good about yourself in it or made to feel bad about yourself or made to feel happy or made to feel sad. What has been there in every moment of your life is awareness that something is happening. Your awareness illuminated the experience like a street light illuminates uh, a dark street. That if it wasn't there, you wouldn't see it. If your awareness wasn't illuminating any situation you can think of, anybody can think of any situation that's listening that has ever happened in their life. And the thing that was present, whether they were five years old or five months old or 25 years old or 15 years old or it happened yesterday or it's happening tomorrow, is the awareness of what's happening. The illuminating intelligence that allows them to perceive that there's something going on around them. Now, what's different for every single person is their response and their reaction and the mental constructs that they build around what is illuminated by their awareness.
And that is where we build or have built into us the individual constructs of each one of our consciousness. And then our response to those constructs, and I would say that those constructs are sort of, you could say they're karma, you know, you could say they're your dharma, you could say that they're your predispositions to experience things that way. But then you crystallize more and more and more and more constructs by having emotional reactions, by having thinking reactions, by having sensate reactions, and then having opinions about how those reactions make you feel or me feel. I do this all the time. And I can prove to you that part of your mind only does this and it's probably the mo- the part of your mind that you're the most familiar with because what it does try and think about something that's not a concept or a sensation or a memory or a fantasy about something that's going to happen or an intellectual construct about what all that means That is what the ego is constructed of. It's doing it all the time. I was doing it before I started this podcast. It did it today. And what it is concerned with is alleviating its discomfort or avoiding creating more. And that's really all it's concerned with. Except in two instances. And these two instances are usually one is falling in love because you stop doing that. You stop doing all your fantasies and you really allow yourself to move into another person and and lower your boundaries and have them lower their boundaries and feel your unity and the ways that you're the same. And also, that's why there's so much romance. There's so many romantic films and ideas about romance. It's a form of mysticism, romance. But the problem is, is it often doesn't last. So you have to find your mysticism elsewhere. And the other place where you find it, where your mind stops doing this, the sensations, emotions, conceptions, memories, fantasies, is when you're someplace where you're overwhelmed by the beauty. Like you're in Bali, or you're in Paris, or 
your in the Himalayas or you're seeing a sunset in Santa Monica or Malibu or the sun setting over Manhattan. And for that moment, or you're looking at a beautiful piece of art or hearing a beautiful symphony, at that moment, becoming unified with your awareness is enough. You become one with your awareness. I become one with my awareness. For however long that lasts, it could just be 10 seconds. It could be 10 minutes. It could be 20 minutes. And all of that conceptualizing stops because you realize you are what you are experiencing. And that is enough. And when you do realize that, when you realize that all you are is awareness of what you're experiencing, it's always like that. And it's always been like that. Every moment of your life. Awake, dreaming, making love, getting angry in traffic, your team winning the Super Bowl, your team losing the Super Bowl, the uh, political party that you love being in power, the political party you hate being in power falling in love, falling out of love. All that's been there the whole time is the awareness of what your consciousness is illuminating. And then we add all these things to it. And the return to the awareness is really the return to joy. You can have this experience anytime and you can make a discipline out of having this experience, whether you're meditating or walking or brushing your teeth or having a dream or having a disagreement with somebody or hearing beautiful music. And when I said I wanted to call this uh, episode God's Dream of You, you know, which is never a word I've uttered on this podcast, the reason that I wanted to call it that is because it is, and you are, and I am, the intelligence that has created the entire physical universe and non-physical universe, we're surrounded by it. Whatever room you're in right now, 
you are surrounded by it. I'm surrounded by it. It's pretty far out noticing it. It's great. It's really joyful. Science, physics, has shown that there's no such thing as matter. And I've spoken about this on the podcast before because they've now been able to look into atoms for 40 years with electron microscopes and they can see protons and neutrons and a nucleus. But no physicist has been able to determine what holds atoms together. And the consensus of all of physics is that what holds atoms together is some intelligence that they don't yet understand. And just because they don't understand it doesn't mean that it's not true. We live in a religion. It's a world religion. It's really strong in the United States, strong in the West, of materialism. Of we can only know things through our senses. Through what we smell and hear and taste and touch. And those senses are really a limitation of our physicality. That's all we have in these bodies to process information. And so we say anything that these bodies don't, don't gather information about isn't real. Well, these physical senses, they're they're making a reality of what they're experiencing all the time. They're organizing things into a kind of hologram in your brain and my brain about what reality is. And then there's a consensus of all of us about what that means. But, you know, 2,000 years ago, most people thought the world was flat. Six hundred years ago, people thought that the the sun went around the earth. That was the consensus, but there was information in both instances that came to light that showed that that was not true, and the information that's come to light in quantum physics is that there is no matter. That what appears as matter is really just intelligence. 
And whether you want to say that's a quantum intelligence or whether you want to say that's God or whatever you want to say, I, I, don't, I don't care what you call it, what I call it, whether you speak about it in Hindu and call it, you know, Brahman or you talk about it in the West and call it God or you talk about it in Jungian um, terms and call it the self or you, you talk about it in physics as the quantum field. It doesn't matter what it's called. And how it relates to each one of us is each one of us has been imagined or dreamt by that intelligence. How tall we are, what we look like, the circumstances of our life. And I believe the constructs of our consciousness Because that intelligence wants to work something out through each one of us. Just like when each one of us dreams, the character in those dreams, the things that happen, are us trying to resolve something that we don't yet understand. That's all dreams are. Trust me, I've recorded 8,000 dreams of my own. I've probably read 200 books on dreams. I'm sure of this. So like I always say, if people go, I had this dream, it was about so-and-so, it means this. If you can say that, you don't understand the dream that you had because dreams are always about something about ourselves that we are not presently comprehending. And what I see when I look at people's astrology charts is I see the constellation and the patterns in their consciousness that they are not yet understanding. But there is this enormous potential in each person's individualized consciousness, which is not like anybody else's, to transform. And what you are trying to transform is something that the intelligence or God behind all of reality, physical and non, wants to understand through your experience. Just like when you dream, there's something you're trying to understand through the experience of that dream that you presently don't. That if you do, you'll be transformed by that. And the people who you come in contact with 
are going to be affected by that transformation as well. That's really all that's happening. And the alienation from this awareness, the alienation from your origins, my origins, anybody's origins that you can think of, that doesn't experience their origins as the same origin from which the entire universe comes is really the source of all suffering. And it's really the source of all unhealthy thinking. And it's really the source of, if I have this, I will be happy. If I, this doesn't happen, I'll be happy. If I'm with this person, I'll be happy. If I'm not with this person, I'll be happy. If it qualifies its happiness. But that's always thinking in terms of one's egoic constellations, of the constellations of sensate memory, and trauma and opinion and desires when really the only desire is the realization that Atman is Brahman that beneath your thinking mind Beneath the constellations of your consciousness that are yours alone to struggle with, which are the underpinnings of the way you think and the way you experience things, beneath that is the same thing in everybody. It's the same thing in everybody. There is nobody that you can think of who doesn't exist beneath those constellations in the same exact state you're in, beneath yours. But those constellations of thinking and sensation and memory and fantasy, they keep everybody from experiencing that. There's nobody who can be involved in that who can be experiencing their origins. And if you or anybody that you know focuses on quieting those egoic constellations and is able to get to the origins of awareness, 
that that is all that they've ever had is the flashlight of awareness that they have had in every situation of their life and that that awareness is their origins, not their feelings about it. Nothing that ever has happened to anybody can remove their origins of awareness. It's inviolate. Your body can be hurt. Your emotions can be hurt. Can be traumatized. But the awareness that has been in every situation that you've been in, which is really what you are, is untouched by anything that goes on within it. It's like your iPhone. You can be on Instagram. You can be on Safari. You can, I'm on Anchor right now. You can be on Twitter. But you're always on your iPhone. In the same way that no matter what you go through, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant, whether it's painful, whether it's joyful, whether it's ecstatic, it, nothing occurs outside awareness. And that awareness is animated by the same intelligence that creates galaxies and solar systems. Crab nebulae, black holes. And it is intimate with you. And it's intimate with me. And it is in losing touch with that intimacy where people suffer the most. I know this for a fact. And I know in working, seeing people work with psychedelics, that's what they encounter in their psychedelic experiences is their constellations that separate them from their source of awareness. They get informed about what they are, how to deconstruct them, how much pain they've caused them, how much pain they'll cause them in the future if they keep using them. And that's where change comes from. And all those things can be engaged in meditation, but all those things can be engaged brushing your teeth or walking your dog, driving your car, filling out your taxes, talking to somebody you love, getting cut off while you're driving by somebody in a Ford truck. That awareness is there all the time. And if you connect with it, you're home. And you can create a greater relationship with that all the time.
And that's real peace. And that is real happiness. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. It was a, I felt inspired making it for you. Um, this is Robert Mitchell at goingquantum.org. You can check out my website at www.goingquantum. Oh, I said that, didn't I? This is Robert Mitchell at, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. This is Robert Mitchell at uh, High Tide in the Dreamtime. And my website is www goingquantum.org if you enjoy this if you enjoy this podcast feel free to review it on Apple Podcasts and I'd appreciate that and I hope that this podcast was one that you'll think about and perhaps implement in your life alright be well and I'll speak to you soon bye